welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Well, welcome to 2022, everyone. Happy New Year and happy new liturgical season. The season of Epiphany is about to begin, and I wanted to give you a podcast all about it. Normally, when the liturgical seasons change, I like to sit down with Pastor Gary and record a conversation where he and I talk a little bit about the upcoming season. However, because of this Christmas holiday, I was on vacation. I wasn't in the office at all. All my focus was on Christmas and getting everything leading up to that moment. And so there was no time to record this. So I'm just recording it myself. And I've been struggling with figuring out what to call this. Usually if it's just my voice, I'm I'm doing some sort of Bible study. But this isn't really a Bible study. And so I workshopped some ideas. I thought we might call this a lecture or a discussion or an info session. And then I took to Google and I asked Google, what do you call a discussion when there's only one person? And Google suggested a soliloquy. (laughs) And that delighted me to know it. (laughs) So here is a soliloquy (laughs) about the epiphany season. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this soliloquy, I guess that's what we're calling it. This information about the season of Epiphany, it's kind of a one of my favorite seasons actually in the church year because there's a lot of subtle details to it that I never really picked up on when I was going to church growing up. No one ever explained this to me in confirmation or otherwise. And, and as I've been a pastor for many years and, and gone through the rhythms of this season and looked carefully at it in my planning and in my preaching, I've discovered all sorts of super cool little connections and points to this whole season. So first off, just this word epiphany. You might have heard it before. You know, I've had an epiphany. It really is an aha moment, a, a moment of revelation, a moment of understanding and, and the light bulb going on, if you will. And so all throughout this season, that idea of epiphany, of ahas, really does play out again and again and again. And it all starts with the day of epiphany. The day of epiphany is also the end of the Christmas season. January 6th is the designated day for the day of epiphany. And there's some cool pieces to this. What that means is that Christmas, which falls on December 27th, and the Christmas season begins on December 25th. Did I say the 27th? December 25th. (laughs) Oh, my bad. And so on December 25th, that's the start of the Christmas season, and the Christmas season is our shortest liturgical season, and it goes all the way through Epiphany on January 6th. And so that means that there are, count them, 12 days of Christmas. Yes, I kid you not. Five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, all that good stuff. Yes, there are 12 days of Christmas. That actually is a liturgical holiday. Don't know if there's any liturgical significance to uh, that famous song about the 12 days of Christmas. But yeah, that's how it works. You have the shortest season of the liturgical year, the Christmas season, which goes for 12 days and ends on the day of Epiphany, January 6th. Now, there's a special biblical significance to January 6th. That is the day, I shouldn't say biblical, uh, it's still theological, I guess ecclesiological is the technical term we would say, within the life of the church. We've designated January 6th as the day 
when we remember the journey of the three wise men from the East. I think what our the church forefathers were trying to do was really communicate this idea that the wise men didn't arrive on Christmas night. They weren't there at the same time as the shepherds. I know your nativity scene has them all together at once. That's actually inaccurate. The shepherds got there on Christmas night after seeing the angels, and it wasn't until much later that the wise men arrived. They were journeying from the east. Many scholars believe it might have been one, maybe even two years later. Likely what happened is that on Christmas night, the wise men saw the star in the sky and then began their journey. And so they had a long way to go from wherever they were out east all the way to Bethlehem to see the newborn child. And so that journey likely took many months, many years, probably way longer than 12 days. But the way that we've kind of put it all together is to commemorate the journey and the significance, the story of the wise men on the day of Epiphany, January 6th. Now, I want us to go back and remember what I said in the beginning about epiphany meaning an aha, a revelation, a realization. As we look at this story of the wise men, there's a lot of that there. The wise men have an epiphany. They see a star in the sky that they've never seen before, something that seems significant, something that to them designates the birth of a king. And so, and you can read all about this in Matthew chapter 2. That's the only place where the story of the wise men appears, Matthew chapter 2. The wise men travel a great distance and arrive in this land, and they go and visit the king, King Herod. That's who they go to visit because that's the king that's around. And they, and they ask him, like, hey, tell us about this newborn king. We saw a sign in the heavens. And that gets Herod all nervous. <laughs> he, he doesn't like what he's hearing. He's the king. He's in power. He wants to hang on to that power. And so he kind of talks with, you can kind of imagine this as a scene where Herod's like, hey, wise men, um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? He's trying to play it cool. Don't know what you're talking about, but um, yeah, let me know when you find that newborn king. I really want to um, uh, uh, greet him. <laughs> Obviously, Herod never had any intention of, of paying respects to the newborn king. He was nervous. This sounds like a usurper of his throne. Eventually, the wise men do discover Jesus, and they bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know how the song goes. But what's really fascinating about this whole story is the epiphanies in it. The wise men go to the main king, the main ruler, and they discovered like, this is not at all what the heavens was announcing to them. And then they find a baby or a young child. And that's the one that they pay homage to. It's this story that appears again and again in the scriptures. Th that God is not working through the powerful and the mighty and the rulers. The story of scripture is about God working with people who are on the underside of society. A lowly infant in the small town of Bethlehem, born to unwed parents at a time when King Herod ruled mightily. You get the idea. It's all of these breaking of assumptions and the unexpected way that God works. 
This is part of the epiphany, of the day of epiphany. It's not just that wise men saw a star in the sky. It's that they also discovered, oh my gosh, the way that the one who rules over the heavens works is through vulnerability and innocence. A small child in a small town, not King Herod in the capital. Okay. But that's just the start of Epiphany, friends. Oh my gosh, there's so much more to tell you about. There are, within the liturgical season, seven weeks. So it always begins on January 6th, whenever that may fall. And then immediately following January 6th, you get the first Sunday in Epiphany. So, you know, sometimes it kind of can fall, you know, sometimes January 6th is a Sunday. So you have the day of Epiphany and then I can't even remember how it works out exactly. But you, you end up with seven Sundays of Epiphany, shall we say. And the first Sunday in Epiphany, if it's not the day of Epiphany, the first Sunday in Epiphany, uh, what we'll hear this coming Sunday, January the 9th, you always read some form of the story of Jesus's baptism. Now, seems strange, but also, you know, maybe you're connecting it. It's like, okay, so Jesus was born, the wise men visited, and then fast forward 30 years or so to his adult baptism in the Jordan River. I know, I know. But again, keep in mind this idea of epiphany and revelations. Jesus's baptism is about this moment when his ministry really begins. We don't know a lot about what happens in between as Jesus grows up. But his baptism is this clear point in history when all of a sudden Jesus is kind of launched on his mission. And in, if you remember that baptism story, regardless of where you read it, whether it's in Mark or Luke, you also hear about the heavens opening up and God speaking and saying, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. You know, it's some sort of clear inauguration almost if you will of jesus as the son of god this clear moment when something big and important is happening it was an epiphany for everyone who was there that day realizing and recognizing oh my gosh this isn't just some kid from nazareth who's getting baptized today this is something bigger going on god is having something happen with this person right now. I don't want to go into too much more details about that baptism story. There's some super cool things that we could talk about, but generally speaking, I want you to just get this sense of the epiphany of it all, the revelation that, oh yeah, this Jesus character is going to do something important. And so then you get a few more weeks of epiphany, five other weeks five other Sundays where we hear stories about Jesus. I'm going to come back to that in a second because we need to actually jump to the end. The last Sunday in Epiphany is always the story of Jesus's transfiguration. It's called Transfiguration Sunday, and it's the Sunday right before Lent starts, actually. But on Transfiguration Sunday, we hear that story read of when Jesus went up to the mountaintop and he had some sort of moment where he... His clothes became dazzling white, and Peter, James, and John were there. None of the other disciples, just the core inner three. And then Jesus is seen with Moses and Elijah. And again, in some Gospels, 
they're talk about a voice from God saying, this is my beloved son. And so it's almost, a, it's the remix of Jesus's baptism. <laughs> it, it, it's the redoing, uh, the reboot. And so Jesus is there on the mountaintop and, and meets with, has some sort of connection with these two great figures within Jewish history, Elijah and Moses. It shows the significance. The epiphany that began at Jesus's baptism, it's kind of getting reiterated with more emphasis at the transfiguration. And what happens after the transfiguration is that Jesus turns his attention towards Jerusalem and the cross. And the transfiguration is very much the turning point of Jesus's ministry, where all of a sudden he becomes solely focused on getting to Jerusalem so that he can die and rise again. He even says as such to his disciples. But it is a neat ending to the Epiphany season. This additional revelation, oh my goodness, this Jesus is some sort of important, otherworldly, yet human, divine, yet fully human figure who has come to earth to show us the way, who, who has a clear mission and purpose in mind. And Peter, James, and John are privy to this transfiguration moment, but we as the people of God 2,000 years later celebrate that transfiguration moment as an additional epiphany. Yes, Jesus is who he said he was, who God said he was at his baptism. And we are witness to this, and now we will accompany Jesus and walk with Jesus towards the cross. Because, of course, after epiphany, after that transfiguration Sunday, you head into Lent, and our focus as a church, just like Jesus' focus on the gospel, turns towards his journey toward the cross. Okay, but Nate, what about those five weeks in between? Why did you just jump from the baptism of our Lord all the way to Transfiguration Sunday? What about the five weeks in the middle? Well, here's the cool part. It's the season of Epiphany. And so in those five weeks, we get five different stories each year, and each one reveals to us something new about Jesus's character and his ministry. It looks a little different each year because we read from a different gospel each year, but you'll likely get hear a story one week in Epiphany about Jesus as a healer. And so you'll hear one of his miracle stories where he heals someone. And then another week you'll hear a story about Jesus as a teacher. Usually the Sermon on the Mount appears somewhere in here where Jesus is teaching in all of these wise statements that are hard to unpack and really hard to preach on. <laughs> Another week, you might hear about Jesus as a storyteller, where he'll share a parable about the kingdom of God. Another week, you'll hear a story about Jesus as a miracle worker. This is slightly different than him as a healer. You know, he might be healing someone who's sick, but then another week, you'll hear the story of Jesus walking on water or Jesus feeding the 5,000. You get the idea. And so, each week of Epiphany is another opportunity for you to have an Epiphany about who Jesus is and what he came to do. Jesus is such a complicated, complex figure, just like all of us are complicated and complex human beings. And Epiphany invites us to discover something new about Jesus week after week after week. It is an awesome season to really dive into, especially at the beginning of a new year, 
when we're making our, revo- our resolutions and, and we're trying to step purposefully into this new year, what an awesome opportunity to spend each week on a Sunday morning hearing a new story about who Jesus is. Jesus's character, a new piece of the puzzle, getting to know Jesus a little bit differently week after week after week. I just love this season, as you can probably tell. I just think there's so much depth to it and value. And and we often skip over it, right? You, You talk a lot about Christmas and Advent and you know about Lent and everything that happens there. But wait, what happens in between? Yeah, epiphany happens in between and it's super important. And really, really cool, if you ask me. So, I want to do. I want to say, just briefly, about one of the unique ways that we're going to be approaching this at Bethany Lutheran Church, where I'm a pastor. We're going to take a couple weeks, just three weeks, in the middle of Epiphany, where we're doing a short sermon series called Epiphanies for Epiphany. And so, one week you'll hear from me. And one week you'll hear from Pastor Gary. And one week you'll hear from intern Rita. And during those three weeks, we're going to share just a part of our own story of faith. And talk about an epiphany that we've had in our walk of faith. A new insight that somewhere along the way we had where things started to click. Where the light bulb went off and we realized, oh my gosh, this is what faith is all about. Oh my gosh, this is what that Bible passage, that Bible story was talking about. This is what God is like. This is a part of Jesus's character. I'm not exactly sure what Pastor Gary will speak, preach about, or intern Rita, um, and I don't want to give away what I'm going to do this year, but I'm really excited about this sermon series because I think it's a unique take on the season. We do have those moments throughout our walk of faith where something finally clicks, and I think that that's really important to look for and, va- and valuable to talk about, too, to, to learn from. Some of these moments of of connection can be helpful for others as well as you make similar connections in your life and your walk of faith. So I'm really excited about it. I I hope you enjoy uh, those epiphanies for epiphany that are coming up Uh, because yeah, this season is all about revelation and insight and, and aha moments, if you will. And so I hope and pray that you can have some of those in the weeks ahead as well, that this truly can be a season of epiphanies for you as you get to know yourself better, as you get to know Jesus better, as you get to understand what this life of faith is all about, maybe just a little bit better this year. This podcast, of course, will also hopefully aid in this entire epiphany journey. We've got some exciting ideas and things coming up, and I really appreciate your listening and and sharing this with friends as well. We're really excited about the momentum the podcast is building. But I hope you enjoyed this little, uh, what did I call it? A soliloquy (laughs) about (laughs) epiphany. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay in peace.